The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! You think he's gone? He's not gone! That's the whole point! He's never gone! Is this some radical new therapy? You see? Well, I must have not been paying attention When you were just talking to me such a good intro. I went back on the weekend and uh, I watched What About Bob yet again for like a million times. You did? Finally? Oh, yeah. That's what a great movie. I've watched it so many times. Nancy still has not seen that. <gasps> Nancy, get on and, it, lady. And you know what? Now that we've got Netflix and Paramount and Hulu and my new roommate that I rented out my back room to bought one of these fire sticks so you can hack all the... Oh. So, That's not on the air at all. No, no we, we would never say that why. That would be wrong of me to but do. yeah, for any of you watching Blame him this anyway. show, if he you haven't watch watched, right. if you haven't seen the movie What About Bob with Bill Murray and oh, Richard Dreyfuss. One of the funniest movies ever made. Ever. You need to watch it. Baby step. Baby step. Oh, shit. I should be uh, sharing the show, right? Probably. It would help. Yeah. And are we going? Are we doing the, the, a live uh, rebroadcast at six still at night? Or are we not doing that, that was, anymore? That was on you. Facebook took it away <laughs> from me. I couldn't do it anymore. You started doing it on your own. Well, I'm, so I'm, you've stopped since. Everything. I'm banned. Uh, I can't go live on my account. Interesting. In fact, I should throw that picture up and show people why I'm banned on my account. This time. Yes, this time. <laughs> this wouldn't be the first. No. All right. You know, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I'm the only one with a song coming into the podcast. Because I used to do radio, so I'm just used to having like that two minutes at the beginning of the show to get my thoughts together and get all the bullshit out. Yeah. All right. What do you think? Should we start? Yeah. Murphy's all excited over there. Yeah. He's already asleep. That's his level of excitement. That's his highest level of excitement. Pretty much. All right, one more bop, bop, bop. All right. Hi, how you guys doing? My name's Tom Duggan here with the Paying Attention Podcast. Hi, atop Two Guys Smoke Shop at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. Uh, we've got a very interesting show for you today, although I don't know how interesting these shows really are. I say that every week. I say we have a really interesting show for you today. Then I tell you what we're going to talk about. Then we talk about it. And then I look at the numbers. And sometimes the numbers are just through the friggin' roof. Like, sometimes on shows that I think are just like the worst show ever, I walk out here going, that was the worst show I've ever done. And then I get home and I look at the numbers and it's gone completely viral. And then there are other times I have, I have a show that I think this is like the best show ever and I get five views. So uh, I don't know. Although the audio is always, isn't, isn't, is it true? Am I lying when I say it? Or is it true that the audio numbers are always better than the video numbers? Are the audio numbers always better? I would have to go back and check that. All right, okay. Because I say it because I think at one point it was true. I believe they are. I believe they are. But sometimes they flip. Right, right. Uh, So before we start, I want to thank, I want to thank Chapters Recovery Center in Danvers, who comes to TMF now every week. They bring coffee. They bring hot chocolate. And that might not seem a lot. Like, I thanked those guys last night at TMF. By the way, for those of you who don't know, TMF is the, the movement family. They 
uh, set up a family dinner for the homeless every Wednesday night at the Buckley Garage in Lawrence. And we have a number of organizations that we pull into uh, that we pull in on Wednesday night to try and service the homeless. And um, we have a, a recovery journey, Rachel's recovery journey. She hasn't been there in the last couple of weeks. Um, and we have Tewksbury Detox comes from time to time. The Greater Lawrence Family Health Center is there with their mobile van every single week. But I really want to thank the guys from Chapters Recovery Center in Danvers. I think this is their fourth or fifth week with us. Um, and they come and they bring coffee and they bring hot chocolate. And to them, and I said to them last night, I really want to thank you guys so much. And I gave one of the guys a hug. And he said, well, we're just bringing coffee. Like, what's the big deal? You don't understand. You guys, these guys don't understand because they just don't get it because they're not from Lawrence. And just having something hot when it gets cold at night for some of these homeless people and the volunteers. I'm going to include myself in that. I get cold very easily. And I'm very thin. I'm very, I'm very, um, I'm very susceptible to cold. And my body does not like the cold. And just to have a cup of hot coffee or a hot, cup of hot cocoa while we're out there serving the homeless is huge. And I don't think these guys understand how huge it is because they were kind of fluffing off me saying, well, you know, thank you so much. I must have thanked them like four times last night. So I want to thank them again, uh, Chapters Recovery Center from Danvers. Uh, I also want to thank uh, Karina Papalato and everybody at the uh, Greater Lawrence Psychological Center, the Daybreak Homeless Shelter, uh, for giving me an Overcoming Obstacles Award two weeks ago. Um, to be, I was nominated in a category with with people like Juan Manny Gonzalez, a hero firefighter in Lawrence, and uh, it's it's probably one of the highest honors that I feel like I've ever gotten. I get a lot of awards on my wall in my office, um, but I think that one probably is one of the best ones um, because there's a lot of people overcoming obstacles in the Merrimack Valley. There's a lot of obstacles to overcome in the Merrimack Valley. And, uh, and so to get that and to be in the same category with Wendy Luzon and Mrs. Sawade and uh, Juan Manny Gonzalez and everybody else, there were seven, I think, recipients that night at Salvatore's. And I also want to thank Sal, uh, Salvatore's Restaurant, Mike Agricola and Philip Wood, the owners of Salvatore's. Anytime a nonprofit needs something and they call the guy, these guys never say no. And I shouldn't say that out loud because I don't want other nonprofits exploiting these guys because I'm starting to see it now with Wally over at Harrow's Pies. I'm starting to see it now with Salvatore's. The word has gotten out that these are good guys, and I don't want them getting taken advantage of. I don't want every nonprofit in the Merrimack Valley going to them because then these guys are all going to go broke, and then they can't help anybody. So please don't exploit these guys. I'm starting to see it. I, mean, I saw it with Wally's on a couple of occasions. I've seen it with Mike now at least twice. Please don't exploit them. Be grateful for what they give you. Don't ask every week for something. Don't ask every day for something. Do it when it's important, and I'm sure that they'll be happy to help out. And I want to say our prayers go out to Philip, uh, Michael Agricola's uh, husband. Uh, he hasn't been feeling well. I know he's in the hospital, so we want to say that we're thinking of you. And when I was in the hospital, Mike Agricola came and brought me uh, veal masala. I, actually, I wasn't in the hospital. I was in rehab. So I was out of the hospital, but I was in rehab, and he came to visit me and brought me veal marsala. It was so fucking good. I mean, when you're eating hospital food, when you're eating rehab food, and someone comes in with veal marsala, that's like the golden ring right there. So I uh, want to thank them. So I got two topics I want to talk about today. In North Andover, they are flying the Palestinian flag. Definitely want to talk about that if we can get to it. But before we get to that, you know, here's the thing. And, I, and I, I hate repeating myself. I'm going to do it again today because it just 
continuously needs to be said. Whenever there's an accusation of voter fraud, especially if it's a partisan election, today we're not talking about a partisan election, we're talking about an election in Lawrence, but this is a good lesson for those of you who are Democrats, especially if you are partisan hack Democrats who just repeat what your party tells you to say. Donald Trump claims that his election was stolen. And the mantra that we hear is not that that's not true. What we hear is, there's no evidence of widespread fraud. There's no evidence of widespread voter fraud. First it was there's no evidence of fraud. Then evidence started to come out that there was fraud, and so it turned into there's no evidence of widespread fraud. Right? They always change the narrative. They always change the excuse. Now, I'm not saying that Donald Trump's election was stolen, and this is not about Donald Trump even a little bit. I just kind of want to merge all these topics together because they all go together. Was Donald Trump's election stolen? Was it not stolen? That's something that history is going to have to decide. I happen to believe that there were a lot of votes stolen in that election. Was it enough to change the election? I don't know. I really honestly don't know. I kind of think it was, but it doesn't really matter because the election's over. It doesn't matter any more than Barack Obama's birth certificate mattered after he got elected. So all the right wing wanted to talk about was Barack Obama's birth certificate. Was it real? Was it fake? Was he really born here? Is he really a citizen? Once the guy takes office, doesn't matter. Once Joe Biden became president, Joe Biden's the president. That's it. That should have been the end of it. But let's talk about voter fraud for a minute because every time this topic comes up, every time a liberal Democrat says on my Facebook page or calls me to task in person and says, but Tom, there's no evidence of widespread voter fraud. I always go back to Lawrence because I've been covering Lawrence elections since 1985. I know I'm dating myself, but that's actually true. The year I graduated high school, I ran for school committee in Lawrence. I lost by 11 votes. I have been covering Lawrence elections every single election, every one, since then. Including the year that I moved to Alabama, and I lived in Alabama for a year, I still kept tabs on what was going on in Lawrence and, and, and followed the Lawrence elections. Because I knew I was coming back. This year, let's, can we pull that up? So this year we had a, an election in District B. So Lawrence is carved into six districts. District B is the neighborhood in Lawrence where the North Lawrence Common is, where City Hall is, where downtown Essex Street is. It goes all the way up to the Methuen Line. So it, it encompasses like the, uh, the Arlington neighborhood, the Hayden Schofield uh, softball field neighborhood. It covers the neighborhood of like Myrtle Street, Hampshire Street, that whole area. Which, by the way, when Lawrence was a mostly white community, that was the lowest turnout in the city. Now it's one of the higher turnouts in the city because now there are no white people left in Lawrence, very few, but I I shouldn't say no white people, but there are very few white people left in the city, which by the way, that is another whole topic we can talk. I think we, we touched on it last week. So in this District B city council race, what you see on your screen is the election results from election night. And the election results are Jessica Aquino, 457 votes. Wendy Luzon, who in full disclosure I endorsed and is a friend of mine, 459 votes. Wendy Luzon wins by two votes. Two. Now let me ask you this for all of you who run around saying there's no evidence of widespread fraud in the Trump election. There's no evidence of widespread fraud in any of these other elections. Did there really need to be widespread fraud in District B in Lawrence 
to affect this election? That's the question of the day. Why are we hanging our hats on widespread? Elections fraud, election fraud doesn't need to be widespread for it to change the outcome of an election. And by the way, if you look at most of the other election results in Lawrence, almost every race was decided by about 150 votes, maybe 175 votes. Now, what that means is you look at this, look at this 459 to 457, and I'm going to give you the update on the recount. I've got the numbers. They just came out about an hour ago. All you have to do is take two votes from Wendy Luzon and give them to Jessica Aquino, and that election is completely flipped. You have a whole different person on that council. And by the way, you have a whole different council because going in now, and I'm going to just tell you uh, that Wendy Luzon won the recount. I'm going to give you the numbers in a second. But going into January, what this means is Wendy Luzon very well could be the deciding vote on most things. Because before this election, Brian DePena had about a seven-vote majority out of nine councilors. Just about anything he wanted, he had six or seven votes. Rich Russell wavered on some things, and we know Giovanni votes no on everything. And by the way, he's not wrong about a lot of it. But we know that the vote, that anytime Brian wanted something, anytime Brian needed something, it was something major. The vote was usually like six to three, eight to one, seven to two. But the mayor always has had a overwhelming majority of the council support what he wants. Very, very rarely did they vote no on anything. With the new election coming in, with him losing Estella Reyes in District B and now Wendy Luzon taking her place, he's lost someone who was almost always on his side for someone who's probably going to be voting no on everything. And the rest of the council, you've got Giovanni Rodriguez got elected in the at-large race. Um, You've got uh, Fidelita Santiago got elected in the District A race. He now has a hostile council. And it's because of this race. It's because of this, this District B race which is very, very close. It's two, it's two votes from election night. Now, I'm going to give you the real number because they had a recount today. We'll talk about that for a second, so you can leave that up. Uh, what did I, I just had it. It was literally just right in front of me. So let me pull this up. So they had a recount today in Lawrence City Hall. I got, I got a uh, press release yesterday stating that no cameras would be allowed. Well... I lost my shit, I'll tell you that, at 2 o'clock in the morning when I read that, and I immediately filed a complaint with the Secretary of State's office because I have covered literally two dozen recounts in the city of Lawrence. And by the way, in the two dozen recounts in the city of Lawrence that I've covered over my lifetime, from Israel Reyes to Nunzio Damaka to uh, Marcos Devers to Willie Lantigua, Dan Rivera, every single recount that I have ever been to Cameras were allowed, the press was allowed, there was no restriction on the public because it is counting public ballots from a public election in a public building to serve on a public board. The word public is the key word in all of that. So I got a uh, press release at 2 o'clock, well, I read it at 2 o'clock this morning, I got it yesterday, saying cameras would not be allowed. Huh? What? Cameras not allowed? So I filed a complaint with the Secretary of State's office. Uh, the city attorney in Lawrence, not a bright guy. Not a bright guy at all. 
And apparently he had he reversed his decision this morning. It would have been nice if someone had called me and told me they reversed their decision because I would have gotten up early for this. So they had the recount. I, I see Alta Alta. I'm always going to say her name wrong because it's such a crazy name. Alta Gracia Maya, who is a Spanish language radio host, went live on YouTube at the event. So when I got up at whatever ungodly early hour of like 11 a.m. that I had to get up today for the show, um, I immediately had a text from somebody saying, hey, Alta Gracia is live at the recount. They're allowing cameras. Great. Would have been nice if I told, been told yesterday, but okay. So I went on and I watched it, and we got the text this afternoon, like five minutes before we went on the air, the final results. So what you're looking at there is 459 to 457. Exactly what I said last week was going to happen. Each candidate picked up a couple of votes, but it stayed the same. And since 1985, I have never once seen a Lawrence or a Methuen or a North Andover recount change the results from election night. It has never happened. Statistically, it's bound to happen sooner or later, but in my lifetime, it still has never happened. Now the final result is 465 to 460. Now, imagine if three of those votes that went to Wendy Luzon had gone to Jessica Aquino because you're taking three from the 465, which makes it 462, and you're giving three to 460, which makes it 463, and now Jessica Aquino wins by one vote. Do you see what I mean when I say widespread doesn't matter? It doesn't matter if there was widespread voter fraud in Lawrence. Because really, it's three votes. Three. Three people of the 90,000 people who live in the city of Lawrence, three people could determine whether the mayor of Lawrence has a hostile council or a friendly council, whether he gets his budgets passed or he doesn't get his budgets passed, whether he gets his police chief nomination approved or he doesn't get his police chief's nomination approved. And those things affect everybody. Whether he gets his school building Uh, uh, construction project approved or he doesn't get it approved. All hinges on three people. And I can't stress that enough because what I'm about to show you, and you may have seen it on social media, you might have even seen it, I think Fox 25 might have covered it. Someone told me that, but I didn't see it. There is fraud being alleged in this race. Now, I supported Wendy. I'm hoping that none of this is true. There is going to be a law enforcement investigation at some level. I don't think it's the Lawrence police that are going to be investigating it, but they might. They might. But I'm pretty sure someone at the state level, the attorney general's office or the state police are going to be investigating this because we've got video. Now, the person who posted the video, the owner of this video, claims it is a specific person that works that worked on Wendy Luzon's campaign. I'm not going to say her name because although it really, really does look like her in this video, it's not conclusive enough for me to say, yes, it's definitely her. I'm like 80% sure it's her, though. And I know her well. She's a friend. In fact, she ran against me for school committee the year that I won. And I get get along with her very well. She's a really nice person. However, let's take a look at this video and you tell me if widespread voter fraud is really all that important. So she comes up to the house. You see the mailbox there in front of you to the left of the door. 
Oh, we got audio too? I didn't even realize there was audio. How about that? Can you just pause that for one second? Is that possible? So let me tell you what you're seeing, okay? You, people say there's no stuff. How could anybody have fraud? There's no evidence of fraud. Here's how fraud, here's how one of the many reasons how many ways fraud occurs in places like Lawrence. The candidates know when they turn in absentee ballot applications to City Hall, they know when those ballots go out. They call the election department the next day and say, did they go out today? And the guy will say, no, they're probably going to go out tomorrow. They call the next day and say, did they go out today? And the guy at City Hall will say, yeah, they went out today, which means the following day, there are people in Lawrence, and we've seen it with the Lantigua campaign on many occasions, they will follow the postal workers while they're delivering the mail. Yes, that does happen. It has happened. We've caught people doing it, and now we've got it on video. When they know that the absentee ballots are going to go to certain homes, there are people who work for campaigns, on campaigns, or on behalf of campaigns who will follow the postal worker when they're delivering mail, wait a few minutes, and then shadow them to certain homes that they know because they have a list of the absentee ballots, it's all public, and they will take the absentee ballots out of people's mailboxes if they know that that person is most likely not to vote for their candidate. And how do they know that? We have what we call get out the vote. Every candidate does phone canvassing. They will call people and say, hi, I'm calling from the Tom Duggan campaign, and I'm just wondering if you're planning on voting for Tom Duggan on election day. And if they say, no, I'd never vote for that fucking asshole, don't call me again, you put them down as a three. If they say, you know, I'm thinking about it, but I'm not sure, you put those them down as a two. And if they say, absolutely, I love that guy, you put them down as a one. And then when the ballots go out, when they find out that the absentee ballots go out, they look at all of the threes on their, on their uh, call sheet. And they look at the addresses, and they send somebody to follow the postal worker to go pick up those ballots out of people's mailboxes before they can get them. Get it now? Get it now? That's how voter fraud works. Now, if you don't think that's happening at the national level, then you're crazy. Because I always say, and it's 100% true, Lawrence is a microcosm for the rest of the country. If it's happening here, it's happening everywhere. So here's, here's what you're seeing. You're seeing f- less than five minutes after the postal worker delivered an absentee ballot to this particular home. This is a campaign worker for one of the campaigns... And she's been named on Facebook, but I'm not going to name it because I'm not 100% sure, although I'm like 85% sure that it's definitely her, especially since she didn't answer my text messages when they asked her if it was her or not. Let's watch what she does. She goes to the post off, to the post box. She takes the absentee ballot application, the absentee ballot out of the box and then gets into a car and drives off. Now again, this happens in every election. Yeah, you want to see it again? Yeah, watch it again. Even the way she's walking, it looks like the person everybody says it is, but... So she has something in her hand to make it look like she's going to deliver something. And then she gets there and she takes the absentee ballot out of the person's mailbox. So what happens next? If the person hadn't seen their video and noticed what had happened, 
what normally happened and what probably happened at the next house and the next house and the next house was the person never got their absentee ballot and if they're disabled, probably didn't vote. And those votes very well could have gone for Jessica Aquino. And if there were only three of them, Jessica Aquino wins that election, which changes the entire makeup of Lawrence City government for the next two years. So those of you, whenever it's a Trump issue or it's a Dem- – uh, it, what was the other issue we had this year with Lenny Mira who came on this show? We proved voter fraud. We proved it. And the Democrats, ah, it's a Republican talking point. Well, first of all, I'm not a Republican. And I will never again, by the way, be a Republican. I actually kind of hate the Republicans now more than I hate the Democrats. But I'll tell you what, the facts are what they are. Lenny Mira got fucked in Rowley. He did. He got screwed. And the Secretary of State has now validated that, by the way. There's a story in this month's Valley Patriot. So pick it up if you're out. Or download it online. Go to valleypatriot.com. So we know in Rowley it happened to Lenny Mira, the state representative, who ended up winning on election night by 11 votes, but losing by one on all these bogus recounts that they did. And then they mysteriously found ballots, like 100 or so, or so ballots in Rowley that should have been counted but were never counted. And those all went in favor of Lenny Mira. It just, surprise, surprise, all of the found ballots were for the guy that ended up losing by one vote. So please, please, if you're a Democrat, don't be running around just repeating what your party tells you because it benefits your candidate. There's no such thing as voter fraud. Oh, there is? Okay, there's no widespread voter fraud. It doesn't matter. Lenny Mira lost by a vote. When you lose on, one by two. And she's my candidate. And I, please do not email me and do not call me after this show and say that I'm accusing Wendy Luzon of anything. I'm not. She's my friend. I'm glad she won. But there is certainly evidence that fraud took place. And if the person in that video is the person everybody says on Facebook that it is, and I'm pretty sure that it is, that person was working for Wendy Luzon. I'm sorry, she was. Those are the facts. The funny thing is that the person in that video was the one on Facebook last week accusing Brian DePena of doing exactly what we have video of her doing. Isn't it funny how the ones doing the accusations are always the one doing exactly what they're accusing other people of. Isn't that always weird? Like, you remember, like, Donald Trump said, yeah, the election was stolen, there was fraud. And the Democrats ran around saying, there's no such thing as widespread fraud. But four years earlier, they were saying, Donald Trump stole the election, it was Putin, it was Russia. The fucking lies in politics have to stop. But they only stop when the public calls people out. It only stops when the press calls people out. And that only happens when people come forward. God bless the person who got that video, the person at that house who had that video and leaked it out. God bless that person. Even though a friend of mine's probably going to jail over it. And even though a friend of mine who won the election may end up having that election overturned by a court later on. Although that's, I've never seen that happen. But now that we've got video evidence, there's a really good chance. And I hope that doesn't happen. But when we hear about voter fraud, when people cry about voter fraud, look, we all know every time somebody loses, they don't want to admit that they fucked up and didn't campaign well enough. They don't want to admit that they didn't put the work in. They don't want to admit that the other person outworked them, outhustled them, outcampaigned them, and won legitimately. So today, it's just standard for the losing candidate to say, it was voter fraud. They stole the election. We really won. And Donald Trump didn't make that any better. Donald Trump actually made it a lot worse. But voter fraud does happen. And by the way, it does happen on a wide scale. 
Do you know that there are no mechanisms anymore to be able to catch somebody, almost no mechanisms, to catch somebody committing voter fraud? If, if you were to get word tomorrow that your neighbor's not a citizen of the United States, but they voted in the last election, and you try to turn them into the government, you get charged with voter intimidation. Did you know that? Did you know that under the motor voter bill that Ted Kennedy signed, that Ken- Ted Kennedy authored, that city clerks and election departments can't even remind you when you sign up to vote that you have to be a citizen? They can't question whether you're a citizen. And the other thing that they can't do is they can't go through the voter registration cards that get sent in by mail and compare the signature to the voter's actual signature on like their driver's license or whatever documents they have in City Hall. They can't even compare to see if the signature's been forged, if your signature was forged, if someone's voting in your name. People who control our government, especially Democrats, have removed every possible mechanism to catch somebody committing voter fraud because the Democrats are the ones who mostly benefit from the voter fraud. Republicans suck on other stuff. I'm not a Republican. This is not a partisan discussion. It's just what it is. Democrats love voter fraud. Democrats will do everything they can to make sure there's no voter ID because they benefit from the voter fraud that happens when there is a voter ID, when there isn't a voter ID. And that's what's going on in Lawrence right now. And by the way, it's been going on in Lawrence for decades. I remember standing outside the South Congregational Church on South Broadway about 10 years ago when Willie Lantigua was on the ballot for one of his many runs and his campaign manager pulling up in a short bus with 20 people on it and they were handing people little slips of paper with a name, a white name, by the way, like Jim O'Malley, and handing it to a Latino guy and saying, this is going to be your name when you go in. And they'd go in and they'd say to the election worker, my name is Jim O'Malley, and they'd hand them a ballot, and they'd go in and they'd vote for Willie Lantigua. We watched it happen on multiple occasions. I remember Willie had, I'm not going to mention her name, yes, I will. It was Milagros Dominguez working at, uh, on, on Union Street. She volunteered to be an election worker, but she was also working on Willie Lantigua's campaign and texting people five minutes before the polls closed names of people that hadn't yet voted so people could come in and pretend to be those people and vote for Willie. We've seen it over and over and over again to the point where when Dan Rivera ran against Willie Lantigua and there was a recount, he had to enlist the help of Nikki Songus, our congressman, Elizabeth Warren, who I don't think was even elected to anything yet at the time, the entire apparatus of the Democrat part, Democrat state party had to descend onto Lawrence, including Mark DeSalvo from North Andover, descended onto Lawrence for that recount to make sure Willie didn't cheat. They were there on election day to make sure Willie didn't cheat, and then they were there for the recount to make sure Willie didn't cheat. And why would Democrats do that if Democrats are saying there's no such thing as voter fraud? Why would they be saying that? They're lying when they say that. They only say that when they get fucking caught. That's when they say it. When they get caught committing fraud, they say, no such thing as voter fraud, everybody. Come on, nothing to see here. Move along. And then when you find that there actually is voter fraud, but it's no widespread voter fraud, ladies and gentlemen. Come on. There's no, how many times CNN uses that word, widespread voter fraud? I, I, I puke every time they say it. Donald Trump is still falsely claiming that the election was stolen in 2020, but there's still no, no evidence of widespread voter fraud. 
Well, listen, he lost some of those counties by a vote, five votes, ten votes. You didn't need widespread voter fraud. And again, I'm not shilling for Donald Trump because I'm not even voting for him in the next election. But I am telling you that what you get told by the press and by the political parties is fucking bullshit. And we saw it year after year after year after year. Willie Lantigua and his minions when he was campaigning for other people, even when he wasn't on the ballot, would go to the Essex Projects and the Hancock Projects. He'd get the city census and then he'd get the voting list. And I know because Willie and I were friends for years. And he's a master at this. Believe me, he's a master. If you're running a campaign, you want Willie on your side. He would get the city census. He would get the voting list and see who in the Hancock Projects is not registered to vote. And then he'd go knock on their door with a motor voter card. And he'd say, hey, do you want to vote in the next election? Here, all you got to do is sign this. And they'd sign it, and he'd sign as a witness. And then when he'd gotten all of those together, the Essex Projects, the Hancock Projects, the Beacon Projects, he'd take all of those absentee ballot applications down all at the same time, and he would turn them over to the election department and ask them, when are these going out? They'd say, oh, those are going to go out on Thursday. So Friday, Willie would go back to all of those locations and knock on all of those doors and say, would you like some help filling out your ballot? I know you don't speak English all that good. Let me help you. And when you sign an absentee, when you get an absentee ballot, you have to have a third person sign for you as a witness that you're the person who voted. And I, and I stood there year after year when Willie would do this. And he would say, well, I'll sign for you. Don't worry. And by the way, you know what? Let me save you the stamp. I'll walk that into City Hall for you. And if they didn't vote for his candidates, those ballots never made it to City Hall. And if they did vote for, that, for his candidates, those ballots were walked in by Willie or his people into City Hall. So I know we're not going to get to the Palestinian flag today. I guess we're going to have to talk about that next week. But, you know, my biggest frustration being in the business that I'm in is when propaganda gets put out by a political party Everyone in the media just fucking repeats it like it's gospel. And then the people who are on their side, the people who are members of their party, just swallow it like it's real, never question it, and just repeat the mantra of the talking points, no matter how ridiculous they are. And then people who are not in the know, people who don't follow this stuff for a living, people who don't know what's really going on, hear it over and over and over, and they believe it because enough people say it. If you, if you repeat a lie often enough, goes the saying, people are going to believe it. So I don't know what's going to happen to the woman in that video. I suspect she's got a hurt coming. And I also don't know what's going to happen to Wendy Luzon. Because I'm told, although I don't have proof, but I'm told that that video was taken in District B. And we all know that the, if it's the person that we, that's been alleged to be, that person was absolutely working on behalf of Wendy Luzon. Because she and I had a conversation about it a long time ago, like two months ago. And I hope that this doesn't come back on Wendy. I don't think Wendy knew anything about it. I don't think Wendy had any part of it. I hope she didn't have any part of it. So she shouldn't suffer if some kind of fraud happened. But again, she ends up winning by five votes on the recount. Imagine if that person on that video had done that to six people. That's six votes that didn't go to Jessica Aquino, and that means Jessica Aquino really should be the next city councilor, if that's the case. But let's use this local issue once again as a 30,000-foot view lesson on the overall issue of voter fraud. Because all we hear at election time is there's no such thing as voter fraud. Tom, there's no evidence, Tom. 
Tom, Trump went to court a million times and they threw it all out, but they never looked at the substance of the accusations that were being made. Because just like in Rowley with Lenny Mira, the judges never look at the substance of the accusations being made. They're making their rulings based on process issues. Like, is this the right venue? Should a court be deciding this or the legislature be deciding this? Should it be the board of registrars deciding this or should it be the state? And they rule based on that. They don't rule based on the merits of the accusation. So you've got this kerfuffle in Lawrence. Brian DePena's got a hot mess on his hands now. And come January, I'm hoping everybody can sing Kumbaya because you don't want to turn into Methuen. Trust me, you don't want to turn into Methuen. I'm hoping that come January, everybody gets in a room together and everybody can figure out a way to put aside their personal animosity, to put aside everything that happened in this election. And there was a lot we didn't even talk about. And then they can work together. I didn't thank my sponsors. You can roll up, Mel. And I, I apologize to my sponsors. The second week in a row, I didn't do it at the beginning of the show, and I really should have. Uh, we can always use more sponsors, by the way. It's 200 for the month. And I'm kind of hurting this month and next month on my slow months at the Valley Patriots, so we could certainly use uh, some additional sponsorships to help me out. All those people when I was in the hospital that said, Tom, anything you need, Tom, Tom, if you need something, reach out. I'm reaching out. We need sponsors for the show. We need ads for the Valley Patriots for the next two months because this is my slow season. And I am going back into the hospital probably for another week uh, at some point in the next month. So that, so I'm going to need that. So our sponsors are, and I want to thank them profusely because I love them, McLennan Real Estate Century 21. I love Sam and Janet and Matt and everybody over there. They, uh, you, you got to go on their Facebook page and watch their videos. They're pretty fucking hilarious. The Zany Pesci or Zany Pesh Law Office. Congratulations to Jaina for her win on the city council. Marsan and Sun Construction. Another congratulations to Ronnie Marsan for making the city council. EIS, Investigation and Gun Training. We will be talking about Joe Solomon next week. Borelli's Deli and Par 28 right here in Salem, New Hampshire. Tomo is Shaking Seafood. Clear Path for Veterans New England. The Doug Mercurial Law Office in North Reading. AFC Urgent Care and Pleasant Valley Landscaping Contractors. Pleasant Valley Landscaping Contractors. And a free shout out to JG's Ice Cream. Thank you, Chrissy. And thank you to our executive producer, Murphy, who slept through the entire show. It might have been a show worth sleeping through. Talking about Lawrence election stuff, you never know. I wish we had had time to do the Palestinian flag in North End. I know. Now we just looped around with the music again. What do we do? Do we stay on the I don't know. I don't know. Do we wait? You just go another minute and a half? Got to be careful. David charge me for an extra hour. Right? I got you. I got you. I appreciate so. that. Actually, you know what? We'll take this moment, opportunity to also uh, invite everyone down to Sadie's Bar and Grill in Salem, New Hampshire tonight. Absolutely. we got music bingo on for a great cause uh, this month. Well, it's a great cause every month. Different charity every month. If yeah. I wasn't going into the hospital right, right from here today, I would yeah. be going tonight. But yeah, come on over. Sadie's Bar and Grill, uh, Salem, New Hampshire. <laughs> music bingo. We start off at 6.30. There's lots of prizes to be won. Come have a good time and say hi. But I promise that I will come. I know you will when you better. I will. It's, it's so hard, though, you know. Still can't breathe. Sounds like Melvin Taylor says you got to go home, so go home already. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.